Good. Well, good morning. Welcome to Foundry. It's good to see each one of you here, and I'm glad we get to, to share in this together. We are in the, the final part of our message series on free, called Free Indeed, and this is all about how Jesus wants to do something good in our lives to free us from sin. We've talked about how he frees us from the guilt of sin, the power of, of spiritual forces, evil spiritual forces in our life, how he frees us from the shame of sin. We've talked about all these things. I want us to talk today about how we stay free. And how we can not just become free and not just have a spiritual experience, but how God can continue working in our lives and free us up. And here's what I'm going to do right now. I'm about to move these cords so I don't trip because I want to stay free today. From Everybody got me? Okay. I feel like if I, kept, if I kept preaching up here without moving those cords, you guys would be totally distracted just waiting for me to trip. You ever do that? You, you see something bad's about to happen and you just kind of wait and watch? Instead of fixing it, you just wait and watch and just see it? Yeah, I do that too. Okay. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to talk today about... Uh, something really key in our lives. And we're, I'm going to be preaching today from the book of Jude. So if you got your Bibles, turn to the very end, the book of Revelation, and it's the book right before that. A really short book, one of these really short letters that was written. And we're going to be in there. And, and as you're flipping, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever see someone or see something and think, I don't want to ever be that? I don't ever want to be that person. I don't want to ever be in that situation. Uh, you guys, I don't know if anyone here has seen the new Avengers movie, Avengers Endgame. So at the end of Avengers Endgame, who here has not seen it still? Shame on you all. I'm going to spoil it just, just, for, just for the heck of it now. No, I'm not going to spoil it. So at Avengers Endgame, this guy in line, very first person, gets there an hour ahead of time, gets, gets those two stands and the other ropes in between them, they used to rope stuff off, and makes his own line to get first in line. You ever look at that and think, I don't want to be that? That was me. I was the guy who did that. I stood in line. I got there an hour early, and I made my own line so no one else could get in front of me. And then here's the bad thing. Somebody actually came around in front of us while the other showing of the movie before us was going on. And my brother and I just watched them go in and didn't say anything. We should have. They walked in and saw a spoiler because they caught the end of the other movie going on. I don't want to be that guy. You guys ever driving? I was driving yesterday. And, and I was at a stoplight, and I hear this, this horn. You know, when you hear a horn honk, usually it's like a short honk. Somebody just laid on their horn for about 20 seconds. It was because the guy in the turn lane was on his phone and not turning. You know how annoying that is when you have a guy in a turn lane not turning? You've got to hit that turn area. You've got to hit it, and they're not turning. He lays on his air, and I thought, I don't want to be that guy. I do not want to be that guy. I used to think this. I would see uh, people, adults, older adults, who would just stay at home on the weekends Stayed home in the evenings, and I always thought, I don't want to be that guy. I do not want to be that guy. You know what I am now? I'm that guy, and I love it. I just, every week, I just want to stay home. It's like, we have plans? Bummer. That's the worst. No plans? Love it. Let's just sit at home. All right, sometimes we look at people and think, I don't want to be that guy. Well, this whole book, the book of Jude, is actually a letter written by Jude, and, and it's all about don't be that guy. And that's, that's the title of the book. Not really, but that's what it should be called. Don't be that guy. And so, so Jude was actually the brother of Jesus. Can you imagine how terrible that would be? So Jesus obviously was, was the son of Mary, and then Joseph was his stepdad, right? Because God fathered him. And so they had other kids, though. Mary and Joseph had other kids, and one of them was Jude. Can you imagine growing up, being the brother of Jesus, how hard that would be? And what I love about the start of this book is he says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. In other words, he doesn't even call Jesus his brother. He's like, yeah, I'm just a servant. 
like growing up, he was the oldest one. I was just his servant. If you've had older brothers, you're like, yeah, I'm their servant, right? So he says, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. And he's writing this whole book about these guys who've come into the church he's writing to, and they've started causing problems. And they're teaching some things that don't line up with the gospel. And so I want us to go into verse 17 right now. James, or excuse me, Jude 17. And this is what he says. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. In other words, there's some people out there, and they're, they're not living like they're supposed to live. Don't be like them. Don't be like those people. Here, here's what earlier in the book Jude said about those people. He straight up drops some bars about these guys. And he doesn't, he doesn't mess around. This is what he says. He goes full-on Shakespeare rapper when he says this. This is what he says. I think it's all of this is in verse 12. He says, they're clouds without rain blown along by the wind. I don't know what that means, but I feel like that was a heavy insult back in the day. They're autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. Again, I don't quite know what that means, but I think that's bad. I think that's really bad. He says, they're wild waves of the sea foaming up their own shame. He says, they're wandering stars for whom the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. And at that point, I'm not sure if this is Jude talking or some girl in her diary, you know, when she's like 16 years old about some guy who broke up with her. I don't know what we're looking at here anymore. But he's, these are bad dudes. These are people who've come in and, and they're, they're messing up the church. They're dividing people. He says, they don't have the spirit of God. They follow their own ungodly desires. And so he's writing and he's saying, don't be like them. Don't be like these guys. But then he says, there's a different way. We pick this up in verse 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. So he says, don't be like those guys. But keep yourself in God's love. And if you want the key, if you want the key to following God and having a whole life where you're not just going back and forth between following God and not following God, here's the key. Keep yourself in God's love. Keep yourself in God's love. And here's what I want us to understand. Only God can save you. We know this. Only God can save you, but only you can choose to stay in God's love. So there's a lot of things you can't control, but what you can control is whether or not you stay in God's love because God's love is always available to us. It's always there. And the quality of our relationship with God does not depend on God. He's always there for us. It depends on are we keeping ourselves in that love. And so Jude says, keep yourselves in the love of God. And so that's the key. If, if you're here today and you're wondering, what's the key? How, how, do, how do I stay free from sin? How do I keep following God? It's keep yourselves in God's love. But there are three ways that Jude gives us. Three ways he gives us to stay in God's love. The first is this, community. Now, he doesn't say the word community, but here's what he says. And I'm, I'm going to give you the southern translation of this because Yank, a bunch of Yankees translated the Bible. You know what I'm saying? We got to have a southern translation every once in a while. This would be, Cody is from Mantachi, Mississippi. You never heard of it because it's Mantachi, Mississippi. And in Mantachi, everything's the Southern translation. And this is how they would say it. Verse, this is how they'd say verse 20 in Mantachi. They'd say this, neighbors, y'all build all y'all selves up now, you hear? 
In other words, that connected on a deep level. The rest of you don't get it, but Cody gets it. <laughs> In other words, this command is to y'all. If, if they had y'all, if the translators knew the word y'all, they would have used it. Hey, y'all, all y'all, build all yourselves up in the love of God. That's what the Greek says, what this is originally written in. In other words, it's about us together building ourselves up in the faith. It's not about, hey, you better get your act together and go figure your thing, go off and be a monk somewhere, go on a retreat for seven years and figure life out. No, it's all of us together build ourselves up in the faith. All of us together pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. All of us together keep ourselves in the love of God. And so this is not a solo thing. The very first thing he leads off with is all y'all now better do this together. Keep yourselves in God's love. And this is the reality of our lives. Without community, without godly community, without Christian community, we can't keep ourselves in God's love. If we go off on our own, we're in trouble. Y'all, if I go off on my own, I'm in trouble. But, but with together, we can stay in God's love. It's kind of like working out. Anybody here work out? I just started back this week. Just started back this week. Go to Crunch Fitness in Ridgeland. Got a really sweet deal, super cheap. Go in there. So I started going in. My first week, I've woken up three days at 5.45 a.m. and gone and worked out. Can I just have a round of applause for me today? Thanks. I need my motivation for next week because it probably won't happen next week. But I go in there. Here's my problem, though. I texted some people. I said, hey, I'm going and working out if you guys want to show up. None of them did. And so I'm by myself there. You know how hard it is at 5.45 a.m. to be motivated to work out? And so I'll work out. I'll do three or four sets and be like, whew, better call it a day. Don't want to push myself too hard the first week. You know, just do a little bit. And then there's somebody here with a personal trainer over there. And that person is going hard. In fact, I was, I was walking. I was finishing my workout and walking away. And this, this lady who had the personal trainer had just thrown up everywhere, which was nasty. But she had been pushed hard. You know, here I was just like walking out eating, a, you know, munching like a Nutella sandwich and you know, walking out, not, not working hard, hard at all. Because when you're by yourself, how hard do you work out? Not that hard. Not, if your name's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, you don't work out that hard by yourself. But if you got somebody with you who's pushing you along the way, who's saying, hey, let's get another set. Let's get another rep. Let's do some more. Let's keep going. We can do this together. That's when you go further. Now, the same thing is true spiritually. Build all yourselves up together in the faith. In other words, if you try to build yourself up, you're going to do it, but you're going to hit that time in your life when life gets hard and you can't keep pushing and you're worn out and you just, you're going to just give up. You need somebody around you who's not worn out who says, no, let's keep going, let's keep doing it, let's keep pushing. And so that's the first thing. If you want to keep yourself in God's love, you got to have community. In fact, it says, it says this in James. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. In other words, if you want to be freed of problems of sin, of shame in your life, actually confess that, share that with someone else. Pray for each other, and God says you'll be healed. Because we got to have community. This is why next, next Sunday we're doing a group up event. We're starting some new life groups and restarting some of our current life groups. We're going to have 11 different groups. And we need everybody, we want everybody to get into a group. Why? Because without a group, without being built up all y'all together in the faith, you're not going to be able to make it. we got to be built up together in the faith. So that's the first thing Jude says is stay in community. Here's the second thing. Let's keep reading. Verse 22. He says, be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. What he's saying is this. 
it is our purpose to help other people who are living in sin, other people who are living in bad situations in life. It's your purpose to go to them and snatch them out. Now, maybe not literally, that might freak some people out, but to snatch them out of what they're living in. So if you know someone who's living in a situation that's self-destructive, that is sinful, that's hurting them, it is our job to go in and do everything we can to get them out of it. But he says this, he says this weird thing at the end about keeping yourselves, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. What that means, it was kind of a way of talking back then of saying, but don't let what they're doing affect you negatively. And this is so key because I know some of us are still in process spiritually. We're, we haven't arrived yet, right? So we're still in process. And for some of us, that means there's a certain danger in us going and being around someone and helping someone because we'll get pulled right back into that. And Jude's warning us here. He's saying, you got to be wise. You got to help people. You got to snatch people out who are struggling, snatch people out who are hurting, but be careful because if you're struggling with the same thing they are, chances are they'll snatch you back into that. So use your wisdom, but here's what I want you to understand. Your purpose is key to you staying in God's love. If you want to stay in God's love, you've got to realize that God is calling you to a mission. Back in, in World War II, when they were on the front lines in France and they were fighting, it would be dark and you'd have someone out there guarding. And what they would do is if they saw someone, they couldn't tell who it was, they would shout out to that person, identify yourself and what's your mission? And if the person couldn't immediately give them their mission, they'd just shoot them. They'd kill them. Imagine if we had that today. Like you're walking through wherever you work. You're walking through the hallway at your school where you work. And this person's like, hey, what are you doing right now? And if you couldn't immediately tell them, they'd just tase you right there. Imagine if we started doing this. Like if you're, you're at church, right? And someone's like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing here today? You're like, ah, I just showed up. Sorry, bro. You just tase people. You're hanging out somewhere. You're like, hey, man, like, what are we going to do today? I don't know. Let's just hang, man. Sorry, wrong answer. You got to have your mission. What's your purpose? So many of us go through life without this sense of purpose. Because of that, so many of us struggle to really keep ourselves in God's love. Because we're not choosing to follow his purpose for our lives. We're not choosing to follow his mission for our lives. And what is your mission? Well, it can look a lot of different ways, but it's always going to come back to this, snatching people out of the fire, pulling people away from the danger and the pain and the harm of their lives and connecting them back to God. And that'll look a lot of different ways. For you, it may be where you work. There's people God's put you around. For you, it may mean you actually serve as a life group leader in the church. You do something like that to help connect people to Christian community. Or it may just be with your friends. You're sharing the gospel. You're inviting them to church. Whatever it is, God's purpose for you is central to staying in his love. Without following God's purpose, what we end up is just people who are wandering around. And when you wander, you wander out of God's love. So, so Jude shares these two things. You've got to have community. You've got to have purpose. And then he ends up in verse 24. And I love it because it's like he just decides to start praising God. He just starts praising God. This is what he says. To him who's able to keep you from falling and who's able to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, be majesty, be power, and be authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. What he's saying is this, when we stay in God's love, when we have a purpose, when we have community, it results in worship. It ends up where we're just praising God. And what does it mean to praise God? It means to take our focus off of ourselves and put our focus back on God. For too many of us, we stay in our heads 
23 hours a day. We're in our heads all the time. We get caught up in our own thinking, in our own problems, in our own way of doing things, and we stay up here. And you wake up in the morning, and you're just stuck up here. And you go to bed at night, and you're just stuck up here, and you're so focused on yourself and your problem and what's going on. The challenge of that, the problem with that spiritually is you become self-absorbed, self-focused. What we are called to do spiritually is turn our focus to God first and then to other people. And so that's what James, Jude is telling us. He says, don't, don't stay focused on yourself. Turn your attention back to God. Because only God can save you, but only you can choose to stay in his love. So there's two groups of people Jude talks about. The first is self-absorbed. They divide people. They follow themselves. The second group seeks community. They have a purpose for others, and they honor God. Now, what does all this mean practically now for our lives? I want to boil it down for us to a couple basic things. First thing is this. If you do not have godly community in your life, you have no good expectation or hope of staying in God's love. That is key. That is throughout scripture. Even Jesus got together a community for himself. If Jesus had a group of 12 other dudes, you probably need 12 other dudes or 12 other dudettes around you. People around you with you. The other thing is seek out God's purpose for your life. What does God have for you? He's created you for a purpose. He's created you for a reason. He wants you to serve him in a certain way. What is that? If you can't identify that, I'm going to tase you today. If you don't know what it is. No, but if you don't know what it is, how can you start to figure that out and define it? And then finally, we've got to get out of our minds. We've got to get out of our heads. And we've got to start worshiping God. I want to show you what this results in. Cody, can you help me out here with this box? Yeah, imagine today a cardboard box. <laughs> this is exciting stuff. It's actually a fake out, though, because it's not about the cardboard box. It's about what's in the cardboard box. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. oh, wow is right. Hey, calm down. Here we go. You might know what this is. Some of you do. <clears throat> drain snake. Some of you are like, snake, I'm getting out of here. A drain snake. This bad boy is good news, all right? I had, a, had a, my bathtub, uh, my shower bathtub where I live, kept getting clogged up. So I tried some of that Drain-X, Drano stuff, you dump down, and it's supposed to clean everything up. Didn't work out. I mean, I would, you'd be taking a shower, by the end of it, you had four inches of water. And there's just something nasty about that. Like, you can take a bath, and that's okay, but when you're standing in your shower water, you just feel icky about it. Something about it. It just didn't want to live that life. And so I decided, I got, I got to go to the next level. No more Drain-X for me. I got to go do the whole manly thing where you get a drain snake. So what this is, is it's got this little thing at the end. And it's, uh, it's, it's like a little thingy at the end. And it can grab hair. Hair is what's clogging up your drain. If you got problems, it's your hair, okay? Now the problem is, I moved into this house five months ago. And some old people lived there for the 50 years before me. So whatever's clogging up this drain may partially be us, but it's mostly them, right? And so I don't know what's, in fact, there's still a piece of hair on the end of this. <laughs> I don't know what, well, I was down there, but I knew something was clogging it up. So I pushed this thing down, and I, I put it out, and I have to put it out about, this thing's, I think, 25 feet long. I had to put out about 15 feet of it. It's going way down there. And then you hit something. Every time you hit something, you turn this, and it burrows its way into whatever's stuck. And then you can pull it out. 
And so what you do is, is you're pulling up. Now imagine how nasty drains are, right? These are 50-year-old drains, 60-year-old drains. And I'm pulling it back out, and all this nasty, in fact, I don't know why I'm touching this right now. All this nasty stuff is coming out and coming out. And then you get to the end, and there's a bunch of hair, nasty stuff at the end. It was red, and none of us have red hair is all i got to say about that. And so, so I'm pulling up somebody else's hair. And then i got to go down and do it again. So I push it all down again. And then I pull it all back up again, and there's more. And then I push it down again, and I pull it back up again, and there's even more. And I do this over and over again. And eventually, I pull up about two heads of old lady hair, and I get it all up. And my drain works again. Praise God, my drain works again. Now, I don't tell you this because I want to come do it at your house, because I'm not about to do that again at anybody else's house. I had enough of my drain. I'm not going to do your drain. I'll, I'll loan this to you if you want. But in our lives sometimes... Our, our relationships with God get clogged up. And I think you guys know what I mean. You've experienced this before. You might have been following God. He's done something good in your life, but there just seems to be a disconnect. And what God, how he, how he has set us up, how he has set our relationship with him up, is that he has his love coming down to us constantly. But there are things that we do that clog it up. And so what do we need in our lives? We need a, whatever the spiritual version of this thing is. And what's the spiritual version of this thing? Jude tells us. It's community. It's letting somebody get their nasty little sticky little stuff in your life and pull the bad stuff out. And you hate them for it, right? But it's so good for you. And then it's saying, hey, but you don't just need to do that. You need some action in your life. You need some purpose in your life. So sometimes you hit a problem in your life, and you got to just do a little action, a little jiggling around. Yeah, you like that? A little purpose in your life, and then pull it back out. Right? Sometimes there's a clog in your life, and it's not God's fault. It's not his fault at all. It's our fault. And the problem is we don't use the right tools. God's given us the spiritual tools. We don't use the right tools to take care of the problem. So we stay stuck. We stay stuck in our own problems, stuck away from God's love. But God's given you the tools. What are the tools? The tools are community. The tools are purpose. And that results in worship. And what is worship? Is when you're, you're all unclogged and you're focusing on God and he's coming down to you and you're experiencing his love. If you want to experience the power of God, if you want to experience the love of God in a powerful way, Jesus needs to set you free from your sin. And then every single day, you need to have Christian community. You need to have a purpose that drives what you do. And you need to have a worship of our God. If you have those three things, Jude says it, God is able to keep you from stumbling. In other words, you are walking spiritually with God. And he's able to keep you from sinning, able to keep you from falling. He's able to keep you going strong with him no matter what. So I don't know about you, but that's what I want for my life. I want every single day, no matter what, to be going strong for him. And I'm, I, I know that in a, in a group of people like this, we got people who feel like your relationship with God is clogged up. You just feel like there's, there's something there. You're, you're not fully keeping yourself and living and choosing to live in God's love every day. But God can make that a reality in your life. So can we go to prayer together today? I want us to, to go to prayer right now, and I want us to do a couple things. First of all, I want us to, if, if you are in a place where you are struggling and you feel like, man, I've got some dryness spiritually in my life. I'm, I'm clogged up in my life. There's, there's something more. There's God's love that he has for me, but I'm not experiencing it, and I want to experience it. I want to challenge you right now. This, this is the day. This is the day of freedom. This is the day when God can 
do something in your life. He can do something to unclog that problem and put you back into his love. So if you're at that point where you feel like, hey, there's something, there's something keeping me from the fullness of life in God, something in my life that's keeping me disconnected or struggling to connect with God's love, could you just right now slip up a hand and just say, hey, that's me. I'm just struggling right now a little bit. We got some hands up. Anybody else? I'm just struggling a little bit right now. Anybody else? We got some hands up. I want to pray for you right now. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Jesus, thank you for those who've raised their hands. They, they feel like there's something in their lives clogging it up. They're struggling right now. Father, help them. Give them the, the confidence to jump into community. Give them the vision to have purpose. And give them the hearts to worship you and honor you with everything they do. Father, their, their desire is to know you, to remain in your love. So God, help them do that. Help them remain in your love and live in the fullness of that. Not settle for anything less, but to keep walking with you step by step every way, every day. Father, thank you for that. Is there anyone here who says, you know what? I don't really have a relationship with God. I don't have that relationship with God. It's something I want, but I don't have it right now. I need to actually step into that relationship, not just unclog it. I need to step into God's love, maybe for the first time. I want to start following Jesus. Anyone who can slip up a hand and say, that's me right now. That's what I want right now. Is there anyone who says, that's, I want to follow Jesus right now we all pray this prayer together? Let's, let's pray a prayer offering our lives to Jesus, even if you've already done it. Let's pray it right now. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. Help me to stay in your love. Help me to give up my own way and follow your way. Thank you for dying for me, Jesus. Now I give my life to you. In your name, Jesus.